0: I'm never drinking again, put a hurting on my credit card, I must have bought tequila shots for everybody at the bar, well I finally learned my lesson, seen the neon light on Sunday morning, save no more Saturday,
1: Never drinking again. Uh, what is going on, Joe Mamas and Joe Daddies? Today on Windy City Joe's, we have a very special guest. His name is Wade Bowen. Wade Bowen, we appreciate you coming on, man. How are you doing?
0: I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. Um, the first thing uh, when I was just reading about you and looking you up, I saw um, you're a big, big fan of being from Texas. Uh, and you love being from Texas. You're from Waco, Texas. Am I right so far?
0: Yeah, that's where I grew up. I've lived in New Braunfels the last 17 years. But
1: Okay. Um, there's something about being like a country music artist from Texas, though, right? Because uh, I, I was reading in your Spotify... Um, you, you said, but I've always said I'm not a Texas artist. I'm an artist from Texas, Texas, and I think there's a difference. Can you explain, like, what you really mean
0: by that? Well, um, you're jumping right in from the get-go. Trying. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I just – I think there's a certain style of music here that uh, – you know, well, actually, there's many styles of music in Texas. Um, but I think there's some artists through the years, like, that have made it a priority to – to write only about Texas and to write only about characters in Texas and the themes and the patterns and the, uh, the influences come from Texas only. And I, I try really hard with my stuff and have since day one to try to be a little, a little bit more diverse than that. I mean, I, I think you can hear it in my music. It goes all the way from, I mean, I've got songs that are Western swing and then I've got songs that are full blown rock and roll, uh, and everything in between. So, um, I, I just hate to limit myself and limit my audience in any point. And if you take, um, uh, you know, George Strait, for example, he's, he's, he's an artist from Texas, not a Texas artist, but sings a lot about Texas, mm-hmm. but then has, um, some universal, more universal music as well. I mean, I tour Europe and all over the world. So, you know, I, I just want to make sure that some of the music that I do, um, is as universal as possible.
1: I mean, that makes sense from an artist standpoint. Um, uh for sure, too. What's uh, living in Texas your whole life? What's your favorite thing about Texas?
0: I love the food. Um, I absolutely love the food. Um, I love I love the the hospitality. I love the manners. I love uh, I I have a feeling that when I'm here, um, when I'm playing music, or even just taking my sons around, um, there's a there's an overall nice um, feeling about it, people just treat you kind for the most part, and I love that.
1: I wish people were more kind here.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we don't really get that. And uh, well, I mean, in the Midwest, you do, but like not Chicago.
1: No, I mean, everyone's just in a hurry all the
0: time. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Well, I, I don't know. It seems like everyone's more in a hurry when you go to New York. Um, I don't. I. I. It took me a, a long time when, like, when I went to to other places to realize that it's not really about being rude. It's just, uh, everyone's so busy. Everyone's so go, go, go all the time. And once you stop taking it personal, um, as a Southerner, once you stop taking it personal and realize that uh, nobody's out to get you, everybody's there, uh, just, just living their lives, man. That's, that's especially when I go to New York, I'm like, man, I feel like I'm in a race right now. And (laughs) it it took me five or six trips there for this redneck to go, Hey man, you know, stop taking it. So personally, uh, everybody's here is actually really nice. I, 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 you know, I, I love, I love Texas because, you know, like my wife's from California, for example, and um, it's been a real challenge for us to have two older boys they are 16 and 13 now in our whole lives. It's, it's been hell trying to convince her to convince them. Hey, you said, we say, yes, sir. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. No, sir. No, ma'am. You know uh, she didn't, she wasn't, she wasn't raised that way. It's just a different, it's just a different style of being raised. That's so it is.
2: Well, and when you, when you brought that up about uh, the hospitality there, like I have a lot of family uh, from Texas all over the place. uh, And every time they come up, I mean, it's even so much more different than like the, yeah, the the hospitality that is in the Midwest. Cause you know, you have like that Midwestern hospitality and it's all regional, but it's slightly different where they're more, yes, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Like, you know, it's, it's definitely right. more than that. You don't vibe. hear the
1: Sirs and ma'ams as often. Not at all over up here.
2: here.
0: Yeah.
1: But
2: yeah, and I
0: come from a family that's like, I mean, uh, no matter what time of day or when you are, they, I mean, they, they, you, you don't leave your door locked. They walk in. If, if our doorbell rang growing up, we we knew it. Somebody didn't know us. And, and when you walk in, it's, hey, it's like a party <laughs> with big hugs and big welcomes. And um, I, I think that's a, you know, I don't know. I think that's a Texas thing. But, you know, I said, again, like, what's one more thing that I love most about Texas would be I love the food, but I also love the music. And I think it's been really, really the the, the diversity of music here, having blues and rock and Tejano and Western Swing and Honky Tonk and oh, everything, you know, all that, all those crazy influences that we all have had growing up and then still playing shows together with, you know well I remember laughing one time we played a show with a festival had us in blue October back to back and I'm like man this is crazy that in Texas these things can happen and and people just embrace it and and love it so I you know I I think that's a really cool unique thing that we get to pull from as artists that there's such a diverse uh, styles of music here
1: well and you can take for yourself personally you can just take so much yeah like you said influence from those very different genres and put it in your own music in some ways. Um, yeah. is, is Texas barbecue the best barbecue in the U.S.? <laughs>
0: uh, of course. I say it <laughs> is. <laughs> but we always love most of what we were raised up on. Um, you know, it's different. There's there's uh, parts of the country that claim theirs is better, but it's based more on the sauce or, you know, there's um, they're based more on pork versus beef. You know, uh, I think when it comes to to beef – barbecue, brisket, those, you know, it's, Mm. it's, it's pretty tough to beat the way the the way that we smoke and flavor the meat.
1: Um, what, uh, what are you best at in the kitchen?
0: Oh man, I don't know. I mean, I, I was raised, uh, my, my, my grand, my grandfather had a meat market, which eventually turned into Mm. a restaurant for my, um, my uncles, my uncle Bill and uncle Bob had a restaurant. (laughs) Um, and, uh, you know they they they've along with my mom never joined with the uh, restaurant, but she was always around it and always cooked. You know great food growing up, so it was always a lot of casseroles and a lot of uh, homemade pies and things like that. That I I really love cooking nowadays. Um, but you know last night I my favorite thing is just throw a great steak on. Like last mm-hmm. night, that's what I cooked for my family. Threw some threw some steak. I got got back from Key West uh, mm-hmm. music festival, and you know it takes about. F- well, technically, it probably takes three weeks to recover in full, but uh, a good full de- two days at home to recover. And I felt like last night I should cook some good steaks. So that's what I did. So,
2: so, obviously, Texas is your favorite for food and all that. But if for anywhere else that you've traveled on tour or leisure, what is your favorite place to like go for food other than Texas?
0: Uh, Man, I really do love a deep dish Chicago pizza. There um, we go. I really do. I mean I I, I I'm not just saying that because we're on Windy City Joe's. I really do I really do love it. Um it's something very unique that you just can't get the same anywhere else. Um man, I don't know. You put me on the spot though. I love food. Place? That's that's yeah, like my blessing too. and curse. I mean, I have to like fight it every day not to Like I sit down every, every day at lunch and dinner and go, okay, do I want to eat good today or do I want (laughs) to eat bad? You know,
2: I I think I've had deep dish like three times in the past week. So (laughs) I hear you. I I do. Uh, What do you have a go to place? What's the
0: best deep dish in town?
1: Oh,
2: Uh, so I, so like, I, I mean, I think there's different like divisions of, you know what I mean? Like where like for like the big ones, like, like lose or Gino's East, right, or Giordano's.
1: But um, hey, I'm I'm guessing you've de- you've definitely performed in Chicago before. Do you know what you've had?
0: I've had lose. I think Lou's is the best. It, it's that's that's as,
1: my vote. Okay. I
0: was going to recommend. Yeah, from people. what I've had, I had a I had a buddy that lived there. We grew up together. He's a Texas guy. We, we were we're neighborhood childhood friends, and he lived in Chicago for about ten years. So I got good inside scoop on a lot of things, but. You know, he was the one saying, man, lose, lose the best, like loses the best. You gotta go there. So
2: it's a, it's that buttercress that yeah. just, it does something.
0: It's worth the wait.
2: Yeah.
1: It's, it's definitely good. Um, our, like our, I wouldn't consider it a hidden gem. It's probably like in the, it's definitely in the top three for uh deep dish. It's more Detroit style, but it's called Pequod's. Very good. Highly recommend.
0: Hold on. How do you spell that? I'm writing it down right now. It's, I don't even know.
1: Um, P- <laughs>
0: Pequod's. P- all right, I'm, right, I'm right.
1: I'll Q- out. I believe.
2: Yeah, you okay. were right. Woo. I would not be able to do that. Even my Google search was wrong.
1: You would I'm never know it. that I came in last place in my spelling in eighth grade.
0: What's the um, what's the uh what's the heavy what's the death metal uh burger joint? What's that place? Death metal? Yeah, it's like a like a heavy metal, all the burgers are named after heavy metal. I and have no idea. Yeah, I don't even know. Oh it. no, I gotta text my buddy now. <laughs> That's okay. starts with a Starts with a K, I think. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna find it for y'all. Hopefully before we're done here.
1: I mean, yeah, I'm excited oh, to, is to it, hear it. Is it Kumas?
0: Kumas, yeah. Is that alright?
1: Yeah, right.
2: Yeah. Where's it at? It. They got one in West Loop, Schaumburg, and Denver. Wow, we suck. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I live in the Loop too, so I should have known.
0: Yeah, my buddy. But, he He was like, because uh, we, my wife and I used to make trips every year to chicago uh for a very long time for probably six seven years straight we just love coming up there and hanging out love the town um we haven't done it in a while i need to revisit that but yeah that was i'll tell you I got, I got inside scoop for my buddy
1: gosh gotcha. no yeah we we need to check out that yeah. place. um speaking of chicago uh your song who i am on spotify which has over 13 million uh streams no big deal um <laughs> It's crazy. Was that was that recorded at the blue light in Chicago?
0: No, it was the blue light in Lubbock, Texas.
1: Okay. Okay. I was gonna say that. it would make like not that it would be weird or anything, but it'd kind of be weird if it was if it happened to be the blue light here in Chicago. Um anyways, that was that's when I was in
0: college. I, I went to Texas Tech out there in Lubbock, Texas, and I was in college at the time and uh, recorded that record there. It's crazy, man. I, it's a live version of a song that you know. It's got has become that popular. It's the third song I ever wrote in my life.
1: It's I crazy. I am like a huge, huge fan of live music on Spotify or whatever music app you have, and like that version of your song is just so fucking good. It's insane, and like now learning that that went out in college, like that's just unreal, and that's the third. Like that's crazy. That's so
0: cool. Yeah, you know uh, Ray Wiley Hubbard. Um, I'm not sure if, if you're familiar with him, but he's fantastic, and he's like my Yoda of uh, of music. And 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 he said it. He said it one time on a live record. He said, "Be careful what you write, because you might have to sing it forever." Mm. And uh, that being the third song I ever wrote, you know, it's a love song. Obviously, I wasn't in love at the time. I just thought I knew what love was. It, it it's crazy to me that that song. I mean, every single night has been every year after year been my most requested song, the most played song. It, it still, it blows my mind. I feel like I've written, you obviously, I mean, when it's your third song you've ever written, you obviously feel like you've written better songs, but it doesn't matter what we think as the writers or the artists. I mean, people listen to what they want to listen to. And it, it still blows my mind that that song is just, it just, uh, it just is always, it's always there. It's always been there. Just like you said, 13 million, I mean, on Spotify, that's just nuts.
1: So uh, you wrote that in college. Can you, like, do you remember... I guess just the emotional stage or even the physical place where like you had the idea and you just started putting pen or pencil to paper and like.
0: um, I know that I was in a, you know, one of my rental houses. I moved like every semester cause I was an idiot. <laughs> um, <laughs> got kicked out of a few and all that, you know, but um, I, I believe I was in, uh, I believe I know the house I was in and really I just started writing because if, if you, you know, the lyrics are, I love this, I love this, I love this. is like, I mean, it's not, it's not super clever or anything. I was just a young kid trying to figure out how the hell to write. But back then when I first started, everything was based off of uh, trial and error. You're listening to songs, you're listening to uh, chord progressions and things that you f- or sound familiar. And uh, a lot of songs through time were, you know, that uh, kind of G, E minor, C, D uh, progression. Um, Stand by me. Um, you know, Amazing Grace has kind of a thing to it like that. Yeah. It's just, it. Uh, I, I kind of learned from that and kind of just stuck with it. And literally, it's the same core progression the entire song it doesn't change one bit. Um, and and like I said, I, I joke around and say it was about my imaginary girlfriend at the time, but it, it probably was. I I just, I just started writing. I remember writing because I was like, okay, I'm going to write this about a guy that. Thinks he knows what love is about, and this is what I thought love was at the time. And man, it's crazy to look back on it now.
1: Um, man, that is crazy. Yeah,
2: that is crazy. Do you have um, like, and like when you were writing that song when you were first starting out, and you know, starting to write your own music, it was what artists or specific songs were like the biggest inspiration for your style.
0: Uh, I would say, well, I was a product, like I loved 90s country. That was when I was a kid, you know, that was like, I loved it so much, but it was before I could play guitar. I didn't teach myself to play guitar until probably 90, 96 probably. And so, um, and right around then was when I was going off to school and I, I saw Robert O'Keen in concert my freshman year in college. And up until that point, I thought that I was going to have to do the Nashville thing to play country music. I wanted, I had the dream of, of playing country music, but I thought at that time I'd have to move to Nashville wait tables and wait my turn and learn and do all this. And then I saw Robert O'Keefe play and it was a sold out bar in Lubbock, Texas. And everyone was singing everywhere. And I had hardly knew anything by him at the time. And it changed my life forever. I immediately went out, found some buddies, started jamming in the garage and learning cover songs, learned a lot of Robert Earl songs. And uh it, it completely changed the whole way. I was I started booking my own shows and started begging people to let us get on stage. And I never left. It never changed. I'm still doing the same thing this many years later. I mean it, it changed my life forever. I never moved to Nashville um even though I I've got a place there now. I go, I spend t- so much time there, but I never made the move cause I was always on tour and I was on the road from that moment on. And, and that was a pretty, m- pretty big change in my life. And so that I kind of started diving into Robert Earl and Guy Clark and uh, Steve Earl and those, those Texas songwriters, Willie Nelson, Waylon, those, I started diving into those guys quite a bit in the early part of my writing process.
1: So while, um, while you were diving into, like, their songwriting in uh, particular, what was, like, the biggest thing that you took away? Or you can look back on today and be like, I'm glad I used this influence like, technique or even, like, just the way that they wrote. Like, what's... We're, we're, we've been trying to figure out how to not technically write a song as a group, but we're just so intrigued by it because every single artist has a different process for it. So I'm always just trying to figure out like what parts you took away from this artist or that artist and then absorbed it, but put it out in your own way, if that makes any sense.
0: You know, I, I think, I think everyone does that. I think the majority of people, whether they realize it or not, they're, they look at a song that they love, um, you know, like I'm coming home, uh, Robert O'Kee and I'm coming home. Like that was one of the earlier ones I learned on, on the guitar and, um, you take, you take it, use it as a template. Okay. Well, he put an intro here. He put a verse here. He put a, a chorus. And then he put another second verse and then he put a bridge. What are solo? where do he put the solo? All those things. You don't know at first. You're just, you think, okay, it's just, I'm just hearing a song. How can I learn from this? And I just started, I started analyzing them from, from top to bottom. What, why are they doing this? Why do they, why do I think that they're putting this here? Why do I think they're doing this here? I mean, there's songs that start off with choruses, and I would I would think, why in the world did they start off with the chorus? You know, that's you, when you're when you're first starting out, you just don't have a clue. And so, for me, it was really it was really important to like ask ask myself why I thought they put they lay they arranged everything out, and and then I would dive into lyrics. Okay, why do I think that they put this here? and Why do they think they put that there? And when I first started writing, I was writing strictly from I was just saying it. I was just coming out and saying it. Like I am, there's nothing clever about it. It's just coming out and saying it. Okay. I'm now you're in my life. I know exactly who I am. And then I started trying to get a little more poetic with things and trying to try to not to, to say things as as specific and let, let the listener kind of have to uh, kind of uh, read through the lines a little bit more, you know, and try to be a little bit more clever with it. And, and through the years, I think there's always just been that back and forth. OK, how can I lay this out in a different way? How can I make this a little bit more me? But in all reality, a song is a song. There's only there's only a certain amount of ways you can twist and turn a song where I mean, at this point, we're not we're not reinventing the wheel. You know, it, it is what it is. So it comes down to lyrically. What what can you how can you say it different?
1: Wow. Okay. For example, oh.
0: I've got a song called West Texas Rain that's I mean, how many songs about rain have you heard? i mean a million of them i've got a new one i just wrote from this new record coming out later this year um it's called secret to this town and it's about being in a small town growing up living you know loving living there I mean, how many times have you heard these things right so once again i'm not reinventing the wheel but but one thousand percent what you have to believe as a songwriter and what i try to tell young songwriters is it may have been said before but it hasn't been said by me it hasn't been said by you yet you know so it's really important to to keep that in mind and, and to just be yourself and, and say how, say how you feel. And usually that's different enough.
1: Oh, wow. That was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Um, cause I, I don't know. I just feel like, I mean, a lot of it is confidence, you know, Yeah, and just getting your own stuff out there and being okay with it and the criticism that's likely to come from it. Cause I mean, it happens. Um, but also they can, I mean, it can also be your third written song and it can have over millions and millions of streams like who I am for you. Um, well,
0: I think it's important also to remember that, that, uh, it's the same with guitar players. Um, we always talk about it's in the hands, it's not in the guitar and it's not in the amp that they're playing. It's in the hands, the way that they, the way that they attack the guitar and, and play the strings. I mean, it's all in the tone is right here in their hands. Um, it's the same with singers and artists, you know, you, what's, what's the most simple song that you can think of? Like, um, you know, silver wings, silver wings shining in the sunlight, right? Like Mm -hmm. very simple, straight ahead song, simple melody, simple chord progression. But the cool part, if, if someone did a test and you took 10 of, let's say your favorite artists and you found a way to say, Hey, could y'all all sing this song back to back to back one after another, you would hear 10 completely different versions of the most simple sounding song because it's, it's all about heart and how someone portrays the song. Same with that's why the blues are so great yeah. because it's the same chords. I mean, they're sitting in E 90, you know, a lot of the time, but, but the way that they play and the way that they sing, it comes down to your soul and your heart and how soulful that stuff is. And so that's, that's important to remember when you're writing a song too, that there's a lot of the, a lot of that's going to come out when you sing it.
1: Well, and and how important is it as well to show that soul when, you know, you're young starting out artists and you know, it's not a sellout you're selling tickets, but it's not a sellout, but you have to bring that, that feeling and that true soul. And I almost want to say grit because it's got to be hard finding that, that, Loc- or not location just that piece inside of you where you have to dig deep and sing that song and make that connection
0: yeah well i you know i'm a firm believer in that this this journey is is too difficult if you don't love it mm. I, I don't believe people can fake it for very long you know and i think that's been proven over and over again and uh i don't believe that um, like i believe if, if I I try to tell younger artists, if you don't love it when there's 10 people in the crowd, you're not going to love it when there's 10,000. You got to love, you got to love what you do. And I think when you're writing songs, especially as a songwriter, you're opening up your heart, you're opening up your soul. You're pretty much standing naked on stage for everyone to see. And that's unlike any job in the entire universe. There's nothing you can find that comes close to what we do. And so that's not a whole lot. You can't fake that. And it doesn't matter who's in the crowd. You have to enjoy that and you have to let it out there and you have to do you have to do it. I mean, it's just part of it's part of who you are. And so um, I I I just, uh, you know, I think I see that with younger artists that you can see the ones that are OK. They're in it. They're they in it. They're not out there trying to figure it out. They They're in it for the for the long haul. And that's that's cool to see.
1: Well, I tell you what. Kudos to the younger artists that are reaching out to you for advice because they're going (laughs) to the right fucking person.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not. I'm not ever shy about giving advice. I probably should listen to my own advice more, but I I like helping. I like helping people, man. If they can. I didn't have a whole lot of people helping me um, growing up. There was, you know, growing up musically, trying to figure all this out. It was a lot of trial and error myself. So if I can help somebody else. Make it a little easier this is a hard life man so
1: absolutely um i do want to backtrack uh to more lyric writing is it true though um you would write poetry as a kid about like how you saw the world or what was going on and then you eventually were like all right i'm enough of poems let's turn it into music
0: yeah um i played sports a lot growing up so uh-huh. i i didn't, I I loved sports and I didn't focus on music very much at all. I loved it. I knew that I always wanted to do that. Um, I knew I was always eventually from the moment I was eight years old that I wanted to move to Nashville and, you know, play country music. That's what I wanted to do. I just wasn't focused on it. I got my first guitar when I was eight and I didn't teach myself to play guitar until I was 17. Wow. So, so with that being said I always wrote a lot of poetry because I didn't have a guitar yet I didn't know how to put music to it yet so I wrote a lot of short stories and a lot of poems and uh you know I, I think it's when when you're a writer a, a true writer I think you have to get it out in some form how however you do that you figure it out and so um that's what I did I wrote it, wrote it in short stories and poems and stuff and and then, when, and then when I started playing guitar, that was really the only reason I started playing guitar was so that I could uh, take those lyrics or poems or whatever and put them into song. That's why I'm not a very good guitar player. I'm pretty shitty. That's why I have two guitar players in my band. Because <laughs> I, I, just, I just wrote, I just taught myself to play guitar well enough so I could write songs and I put music to it that way. But I leave the lead playing up to everybody else.
2: So with Who I Am being your third song, and you said that, you know, you felt like you've written better songs. What would you say is your, like, favorite? And I know this is hard, uh, like, to pick.
1: Because everyone's your baby. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
2: But, like, w- like, what song was, like, your – you had the most fun, like, writing versus, like, maybe one that you had more fun, like, performing on stage?
0: Uh, The most fun I've had writing – man, I don't know. I mean – when Randy and I, Randy Rogers and I do this stuff called Hold My Beer, um, it's actually a tour we started called Hold My Beer and Watch This, which is just,
1: <laughs> you know. The greatest tour name
0: ever. Yeah, just, I mean, just goofy as hell sums it up. But, but uh, we started we started making records and that I don't know if I could pick one song out of that project that we did, but that would be like the the most fun, but those, those, those projects to me, it's almost like a, I have this drunk alter ego. Uh, he's pretty famous down here. His name is Paul. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's like, I get to be Paul when I'm making those records, you know, like we, we both just become this different persona. Um, and, and it's very lighthearted. It's very, just, it's trying to play country music. Like our, we have this, you know, I have I grew up, like I said, a product of the nineties country. That's what I love so much. And then discovered Robert Earl and then eventually discovered Springsteen. So my, my influences as far as my career are all over the map. But with this stuff, we we tap into George Jones and Johnny Paycheck and Merle Haggard and Willie. We watch those old videos and YouTube things of them just hammered on stage, you know, I don't know how <laughs> they how they still sing and stuff like that. And we just like, man, that's that's what we sought out to do in we had so we have so much fun writing for those records now and putting those things out. I mean, it's just that would that would be a lot of fun. Th- that I would say it's probably I don't know if it's the most fun because I love my job, but uh, it's a lot of fun writing, making those records, and being and doing that. We joke around on stage. You're like, man, this isn't even fair. We're having too much fun to be making money tonight, you know. Um, yeah. And that, that's cool. As far as uh, what was the second part to your question? It was what's the most
2: funny did? like a performing on stage.
0: Oh, the most fun I had performing, uh, man, I'm actually going to go most recent because I did, they had this night here in key West, uh, where they had, they called it sing along night. And this, this all-star band put together a list of all these sing along songs. And we got to choose what we wanted to sing. And I did, uh, Beastie Boys, you gotta fight for your right to party. <laughs> and it, man, I walked stage going, Can we just go back and do that again? Cause that was the most fun I've had in a really long time. That's My awesome. bass players sang with me and Randy sang with me and pretty much had the whole entire amphitheater singing with us and we had so much fun. That's the most fun I've had in a long time singing Beastie Boys. So
1: man, that's awesome, especially in Key West. Like I mean
0: and your your listeners are gonna think we're I mean, I'm the biggest idiot ever. No, know, no, way. no way. No
1: <laughs> way. Screw them. I mean, thank you for listening, but screw you if you think that. <laughs> well, you're right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah, that's yeah, going to be stuck in my uh, head for the rest of the goddamn day. Um, <laughs> Wade, before we talk to you about uh, performing at Joe's on Weed coming up, um, I want to hear about, so during the pandemic, you came up with Wade's World, where you would interview country music artists and just talk about their music, like where that idea come from and how do you think it went?
0: So I was hearing rumors of at the beginning of 2020, I was hearing rumors that we were going to be shut down. And of course I was like, what, what in the hell is going on in the world? Right. right. Um, and then I had a few conversations with people about these things they were calling live streams and I had no clue. And it made me mad that I didn't know. Cause I don't like, business things happening and I don't know what's going on. It makes me mad at myself. So I started diving in, um, asking around friends and, and started, you know, doing my own research and I did it very quickly. And I, then it became a mission to try to be, be the first live stream. Uh, I don't, I know I wasn't the first, but I I was definitely wanted to be towards, towards the beginning of it all. If everyone, if this is what we're going to start doing, right. Then, then I want to do it first. And I was one of the first ones to do it and, you know, started this thing called Wade's World, like randomly out of the blue, not knowing anything about what I was doing or whether it would be one episode or whatever, you know, whether I'd do it again or not. I had no clue. And I, we were locked up. I chose a Friday night because I figured everybody was stuck at home. And we had 7,000 people tune in on a Friday night. And we asked for some, we said, we've been shut down. We don't know how long we're going to be shut down. We asked for donations and people came to the table. I mean, they, they, they donated so much money to ours, to our band and crew and the artists that we had, the guests at the time. And it was unbelievable, man. I, I I've never seen anything like it. Uh, we were, we were down and out and everybody was down and out. Everybody was locked down. You know, everybody's scared to be getting money. Mm-hmm. But they did. They gave it because they love music. Music still, you know, when when the world shut down and everything's chaos, you don't know what's going on in your life. Um, people still turn to music and they still need it and they still want it. And that, that was the most shocking thing to me, because I was like, man, it's, it's probably going to be the last thing on their minds right now. You know, they're all going to go home and hug their families and try to figure some stuff out. No, they were begging for more. So we kept doing them and kept doing them and kept doing them. I did them every Friday during the entire lockdown. And and then after that, too. And uh, they kept us alive. They kept us going. They, it was unbelievable. And I had so much fun doing it. I got to, I think each each episode, I think they're on my Facebook page. They're, they're like over three hours long. Wow. Because we talked music and we played songs and we just had a blast, you know. Um, figuring this whole crazy mess out. And there was a few silver linings uh, that came out of that craziness, you know, and and that's towards the top of the list. Wade's world was something that really um, really made me appreciate um, what I have and made me appreciate the people that listen to our music and made me appreciate my job. You know, I, I love I love playing music and I love it now more than I ever have. And that's just uh, a lot of great things came
2: out of that well i bet like seeing like especially the the support from the fans alone like would just Mm -hmm. like you know give you like chills like oh like they want this still even though it's (laughs) like the world almost for a little while had no hope it was like (laughs) like honestly the most fun i had during lockdown was watching the different artists Mm -hmm. do like their live shows and i was right. like this is so cool do that they're creative they're still able to like get out and do what they love and like, yeah you know, and then it almost like showed that like oh like they're like everyone's in this together we're all locked down we're all doing it you know what i mean like no one's like you know yeah I mean? like, it's the same it for was, everyone
0: oh it was really cool to see too like what you know musicians are, are notoriously known for being lazy and you saw the complete opposite from everybody. I mean, everyone was busting their ass to try to play for two hours or whatever it was a night for, you know, tips and a jar. I mean, it was really cool to see everybody work their asses off and, and figure it out and get creative. And man, it's, you know, everything happens for a reason. I'm a firm believer in that. We just figured it out. And it obviously it was a, it was a really rough time we lost a lot of people and, and it was a hard, hard time for our country and for our world. And, um, you know, I, I would never want to go through it again, but you got to find the positive in every situation. And that's, that's definitely one of the positives to have, to have Wade's world. And you know, we did it all the way through the end of last year too. I mean, we, we kept them going because I, I still have people come up now to this day, every, every show, every night, almost they say, Hey man, you know, thank you for Wade's world. We sat around with our families on our back porch every Friday or in our, you know, by the fireplace every Friday and watched your show and, you know, you kept us going and it just means the world, man.
1: I, mean, I was going to say maybe like Wade's world would should turn into just a music lovers podcast, but like there's a lot of problems putting certain songs on uh podcasts. However, I think just like hearing you talk about music and I can feel your passion just through music and the country music family, like just through your words and everything. So I think you would have a pretty cool and unique podcast. Just saying.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I need to, I need to expand on it more. You know, it's a, I really do love talking music as you can tell. I, I'm, yeah. I love it. And, uh, and I love hearing everybody else talk about it. It's really, It that was one of my favorite things too. Like to hear, to hear the other artists talk shop. I mean, it is, you know, it's really fun. And when you get to, uh, uh two musicians, like talking about things, like I, I would just find I would look up 30 minutes later. I'm like, man, we haven't played a song in 30 minutes. We should probably play something right now. You know, you just get lost in, in the conversation. And that's, that has to be cool as a fan of music. I mean, I, I would love to see that from, you know, Springsteen or Robert Earl or whoever, you know? You right. Know? Well,
1: and even like for the up and coming artists too, like that's an entire three hours of education that they can grab and learn so much from.
0: Right. Yeah. I'll look into it. If if I do it, if I do it, I'll I'll call you guys for some advice and some help.
1: Oh, done. We would, we would be happy to help you. Happy to help you. Um, all right. We know we're uh, over the time a little bit, so thank you for, uh, bearing with us, but I want to talk about you coming to Joe's on weed, February 11th. Um, yeah, You have anything to say to the fans, or you know, a little like secrets or something that you might pull out through the show? I don't know. Talk to your fans because I'm not doing a good job.
0: (laughs) It's been a long time since we've been to Chicago, and and I really do. I love, I love it. I love it there. Um, Every time we played, you know, Joe's has always been a really uh, open arms. Hey, come on in here. We're so glad to have you. Type of a place, and everybody's. You know, not every venue is like that. And they, they, I've been playing music a long time and not everybody's like that. And the moment you step foot in there, you, you get treated kindly like kings, like they're so glad to have you there. And that, that sets up for really great shows. And I think that's why they have such a great reputation of having great shows is because they know how to treat the artists and get them in the right headset, you know, you know, headspace for, for putting on good shows. And, you know, I love, I love Ed. He uh, takes great care of us. I, I, I'm just, I love the stage. I love being there. We, I've got a lot of music. If you can't tell, I love music right now more than ever. I've got a, I have got did an EP back in November um, that I released. It's called Where Phones Don't Work. And it's six brand new songs. I, so I, I wrote a lot and recorded a lot during the uh, last couple of years. And when it came time to release stuff, uh, there was... Evidently, you know, obviously everybody else was doing the same thing. So there weren't wasn't very many slots open for me to put a new record out. So um, it wasn't going to be till later this year. And I was like, man, I've been writing some of the best stuff I feel of my entire life. I can't wait that long to put stuff out. So I put an EP out on my own in November. And uh, I really believe in this stuff. It's really cool. I think it really adds to our live shows it's fun music, but it's also still very sincere and intense. And, you know, we, we've been playing a lot of that in our show. So I, I think that's pretty cool to sh- to know showing up that, Hey man, he's got a lot of new music and, and some cool stories and things to, uh, to add to the plate. Um, and like I said, I, you're, I, I'm so excited. I, I love uh, playing music. Now I feel like um, I'm 25 again, but I, but I have a lot more knowledge, <laughs> and uh it feels good to be on stage and 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 uh, we're 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 just excited man i love I love that room and i love love the city and it's gonna be a lot of fun
1: absolutely we are looking to uh, forward to it February eleventh you can get tickets at uh, www uh will Paul be making an appearance? <laughs>
0: Man, I hope not. <laughs> I, mean, I hope so. <laughs> somebody made somebody made me a hat one time that said, "Who put Paul on the guest list tonight?" <laughs> so, I mean, people do love him, but he can also be a real barn burner. So, you, know, <laughs> you get, gotcha, you get got what it, you yeah. get with that guy. If he if he shows up, I'll just say this: if he shows up, you'll know. <laughs> oh, there he is. That's the guy. Gotcha. gotcha.
1: <laughs> well, Mr. Wade Bowen, thank you so much for coming on, Woody City Joe's. It's been a blast talking to you, and we're looking forward to February
0: 11th. Hey, I am too, man. Anytime, y'all, I can talk your ear off, as you know. So, y'all, hey. uh, let, let me know. I'd be happy to come on anytime. Thanks for the chat.
1: Hey, you're always welcome. Thank you so much.
2: Yeah, thank you. This was All
1: awesome.
0: All right, guys. Thank y'all See so ya. much.